Welcome into the Fairweather Podcast, where we discuss all things San Diego Loyal Soccer Club. The Fairweather Podcast is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network and sponsored by Roughneck Scarves. How's everyone doing today? What's up, Marissa? Doing good. How's, how's Tennessee? It's good. Uh, we had some lots of rain in the state uh, this last weekend. Unfortunate flooding, and not here though. So luckily, we weren't um, affected directly. But you know, it's always sad when someone's home is uh, very affected by weather that you can't really do anything uh, really to prevent it. So. Um, but I appreciate those who reached out and asked about it because, uh, you know, Tennessee's a big state. You know, it's kind of like if an earthquake happens in California, you know, people are like, hey, did you feel the earthquake? You're like, no. It's like, oh, no, I live I live nowhere near San Francisco, but thank you for yeah. asking. Yeah, yeah. But I do appreciate that. Like, you know, and we, we in town here, we don't have a local news station. So when we're watching news, if we watch news, it's national, Nashville. So. It's, you know, it's 20, 30 minutes away, but it's just interesting to, like, not get the local news. So we don't really know exactly what happens around here, but I'm making connections and uh, I'm actually going to be on a local Facebook live show tomorrow. So, you know, always making connections and that's my life. You know, how about you? Tennessee, (laughs) Tennessee. You know, that's one of the first CDs I got from BMG. I'm aging myself here, but you know, when BMG would do the 12 CDs for a price of one, that was (laughs) one of my first ones. So (laughs) take me back. Yeah, that's a, that's a dope, that's a dope track. I think you need to play it after you get off this podcast. Yeah. You're in Smashville. Smashville. Right. What's up, Chris? What up? What up? What up? How are you? How, how is New Mexico? New Mexico is great. You know what's crazy is we're in three different states. That's too dope. That three is too dope. Zones. Three different it's, time zones. Yeah, it's it's, yeah. Three, it's, it's, it's too dope. Um, yeah, our, everything is going well here. You know, the same dry heat. Um, man, I am like kicking some Dutch bros ass over here. Like I am just trying drinks left and right. It's probably a good thing to get the smalls. Because you know you can go through there and you want to try everything, so um, you know that's probably the <laughs> that's probably the the latest and greatest. But no, everything's going good here, man. Uh, really, you know, between just uh, you know daily work and working on the latest fundraiser for Black Diamonds, and uh, of nice. course, you know, just kind of keeping up with all this soccer. There has um, been too much soccer, almost. Yeah, it's it's yeah for sure, but it's it's dope, you know. So everything is good. I'm good here, you know. No nice. no floods other than flooding some of the Dutch Bros in my mouth. Yeah, there was when we were talking about what time we're doing this today. We're like, I was like, wait, six fifteen, but your time six fifteen. What time is that for me here? And then what time is that for Marissa? Does that does that compete? Like, I was I was doing all sorts of addition and subtraction, and I almost got lost. I was like, wait. And then I think last week we were like, wait, what time zone is Tennessee in? It's not Eastern. It's <laughs> weird. It's like no. you would think it would be Eastern because it's like when I think Tennessee, I think like way over there, but it's like not. So it's no. And maths are hard. Adding and subtracting <laughs> my ones or twos. 
That's why you're a music teacher. Yeah, just just too, it's just too much for me sometimes. <laughs> just too much for me sometimes. So nice. keep reading that sheet music, all right? <laughs> right? I can count to four, but um, adding and subtracting is just a little bit out of my wheelhouse. Um, <laughs> and you can count to 90, 90 minutes, so. Uh, no, they count for me. That's what I like. But then when it's in stoppage time, I'm like, wait, the clock stops. All right. I have to like pay attention to my watch. I'm like, all right. It says the big hand is one after the five. So five minutes of stoppage time. The big hand is one after the six. Have you so ever attempted have you ever attempted to watch a soccer match or keep track of one when the clock goes the other way? Like you more you mainly see this at colleges College, where they yeah. Where it starts at zero and it counts up to forty-five, and then you're like, you're good there, right? But then yep. you're when you're in the second half, you're like, um, I'm not sure if this is the fifty-second minute or you know however they, they do it. It's crazy. So right, I, it did confuse me. I'm like, I was like, this game just started. Why is it like, why is it already at like? It doesn't make sense. Like that, it shouldn't be that time. That time is the wrong <laughs> time is the wrong direct because it counts down, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, it counts down. So I'm like, like this game it starts at 45, and then it yeah. goes. I was like, this yeah. game just started. Why are we in the 43rd minute? Like, <laughs> come on, TV channel, why are you starting this game 45 minutes too late? Yeah, it's the craziest Oof. thing ever, really. You know, or the teams that have the three halves that they do. Three, three, three halves. 30. Three thirty minutes. Sorry, that's weird. Yeah, three thirty minute periods. It's just crazy. Three I was, then I was just yeah. shut up. Damn it! Sixty <laughs> minutes is a full. We 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 know these things, don't we? Yes. And a very, whole hour. That was very Ted Lasso. Oh. Each other, we're gonna give it over four quarters. Two halves. <laughs> two halves. Oh Lord. Speaking of Ted Lasso, Lord. I need to catch up. Jeez. Yeah, some people are not a big fan of the second season. I still love it, but then again, mm-hmm. I'm a sucker for like romantic comedies. So, mm-hmm. like, I'm I'm entertained at like a at a different, I think a different level. I I find all the jokes like the stupid jokes funny. I'm sure some people find them yeah. annoying, but I I've enjoyed the most recent episode was was just on the money. I loved it. It was nice. it was classic. I'm not gonna spoil anything because yeah, I don't please. want to. Oh. Yeah, don't but, do that. By, by, by the time the third season comes out, I'll be, you know, on that second season. So it does remind me I need to make I need to make shortbread biscuits again because we started making okay. those and uh shortbread uh, biscuits. Uh, we've been we've been practicing. So uh are they like um, sweet? Well they're like the biscuits that he brings the boss biscuits with the boss are shortbread biscuits. So they're like they're like shortbread cookies, but they're like the biscuit form. Like in oh. square in rectangles. And they are, they are done. Yeah, Harry, I don't disagree with this. Like, I, I don't like this like streaming service releasing episodes as they go. Like, just give me all in one chunk, so I can sit there on a Saturday and laugh and cry my eyes out just at once. Like this, like every, <laughs> weekly crying on a Friday or Saturday. And that's the thing too. Like, I'm in this like DM thing with people who are apparently on the East Coast. I'm like getting messages, like cryptic messages during the day on Friday. I'm like, guys, it's like four o'clock here. I'm not home. I have not watched it. <laughs> Keep your mouth shut for at least 24 hours. You know, it comes out on like nine o'clock or in San Diego time. In the morning? So you can... No, and Thursday night. Oh, Thursday night. Oh, because it's like midnight uh, back midnight, east. Midnight, east coast, yeah. Yeah, but I can't guarantee that it, like 
if it's like 10 o'clock at night, I'm not about to like cry and then go to bed. Like I need to like, <laughs> I, need to, like I need to like time to process that emotional roller coaster <laughs> that is Ted Lasso before I go directly to bed. Cause I'm gonna have some bad dream where I'm like, it's going to be very emotional. You're not trying to cry in bed. huh? That's funny. I'm not trying to, those days are long gone. Uh, <laughs> I'm all for crying in bed, but he's but, like, um, girl, so. he's like, I didn't get what I wanted. Me. But, but you know what I mean? Like I have to be in the right mental space to like cry in bed. Like I, and sometimes on Thursday nights, especially with like a Friday, it, it puts me in a weird mood for Friday. And then I'm at school and I'm emotional and the kids are like, what's wrong? And it's like, Ted Lasso, that's what's wrong. Mm. Oh, Lordy. All right. I guess we should move on to non-Ted Lasso talk because I'm sure people are like, wait, this is not a Ted Lasso podcast. Hey, back, uh, to, the, back to the biscuits real quick, though. You're yeah. going to have those perfected by October, right? I'm working on it. I'm working hey, on it. Be looking, I'm going to be looking forward to those. I don't have little boxes to put them in. I'll just like put them in a pa- plastic bag like we're like old school drug dealer and be like, here you go, buddy. <laughs> if you know, you know. Sheet, uh, sheet pastry biscuits. I got you. Uh, lordy, 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 uh, lordy. Yeah. So let's talk about some San Diego loyal news. Uh, congrats to to Abara for being named Team of the Week. Uh, yes. We've been waiting for this kind of explosion from him for a little while, and he put up a doozy. I think him and uh, Toomey had to fight over who was the uh, locals player of the match uh, that night. Um, <laughs> any thoughts on Miguel Abara, Team of the Week? Well done, Miguel. Um... You have surprised me since I last questioned, I think, his uh, play on the on the pitch. So, yes, well done, Miguel. Um, yeah, that's about it I have for Miguel. <laughs> Team of the Week honors are, like, always – are always great um, just because, you know, it, it vaults the player up with, like, the rest of the competition, right? And you, you love to see it. You know, in fact, you know, you, you hope that uh, it's something that can continue for the player. I think most of all, really, it's just it kind of sometimes comes down to like how well even the club like really hypes that up. Do you know what I mean? Like, because it's not like there's just always a loyal player who's in the team of the week. So when there is, mm-hmm. especially given like the current form, like it's a big deal. You know what I mean? But like. It, it I don't know if you ever like sometimes like investigated more, but sometimes like when there are a lot of players that are doing really well and someone doesn't make it, you're like almost like down to like, okay, like how did someone make it, right? Like mm-hmm. like it's always like, oh, everyone scored a goal, oh, everyone did this, everyone did that. And at some point there's like a process of deduction. You know what I mean? Like it's like like it's like, oh well this person had one more chance creation than that person. Just some crazy like way that they, that they like line up the pennies on the table or something. But, yeah. Cause I mean, to me, Moshe could have just as easily made that team of the week. He's uh, been scoring. Week he yeah. Week after week. I would, I would keep adding him because he's, you know, got a scoring streak going like it's in succession. Right. You know? Yeah. But I mean, two a uh, goal and two assists, uh, three shots and six key passes against Las Vegas is why he was named team of the week. But I, you know, I, I think, you know, I, you're looking at some of these other guys that are uh, forwards getting team of the week. Uh, Russell Ciceroni uh, scored his first career hat trick. Um, you have uh, Mitchie Nagina. Nag- oh, no. in, in Nag- Galena. Yep. There you go. 
like what he said. Congolese wiener, a uh, winger, not winger. <laughs> Congolese wing, winger, winger, winger. We can cut that out. What we can cut that out. You know, no, you're not cutting nothing what? out. And uh, game time goal and added an eighth assist. So he's another guy. Um, you know, you'd have to pull out someone who had an amazing week as well to get Tumi Moshabani in there. I was surprised he wasn't on the bench. Um, but you know, I I love seeing Tumi score and that smile he has um, as we just keep moving past me not being able to pronounce G's properly, apparently. Yeah, you know, whatever. It happens. <laughs> it happens. Whatever. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Let's see if I can get this one correct. Uh, we have another, another f- forward signing with the team in Douglas Martinez, uh, you would know Douglas Martinez as the guy who scored the lone goal in the loss to Real Monarchs. Uh, he was the goal scorer that day. Uh, former MLS guy being loaned down, uh, an Olympian. That's kind of cool. We have an Olympian on our roster. Uh, and I think this is one of those guys that I talked about uh, bringing in that I think will allow them uh, to play in a way uh, that maybe doesn't demand perfection from the offensive side, uh, but just gives another uh, attacking threat. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on bringing Douglas Martinez in? I mean, I think it's a good shot in the right direction. Um, I'd imagine the conversation went something like this from Landon. Hey, um, yeah, so we want a player. And then they obviously said, Rubio Rubin, and they're like, um, yeah, we got one for you, Douglas Martinez. And, uh, you know, and so ultimately, Douglas Martinez is, like, is, de- is decent, you know what I mean? Decent, I don't mean, like, he's, like, okay. I mean, like, he's really good. So, like, I think that's a good a good shot um, for the team. I think that maybe another player, like, one more like that would be good. But uh, you just asked about Douglas, and I think that's good. Yeah, he's definitely one of those guys where, you know, he could be the next Rubio Rubin where you get a guy that's kind of on the borderline and you can kind of revitalize his career. Like Jack Mayer was like that too. Um, came down, played some games, got confidence, and now is like a constant starter for Nashville. Uh, so who knows? What do you think, Marissa? Any thoughts on Douglas Martinez? No, uh, we'll uh, be interesting to see how he fits in to what uh what it seems to be like some meshing going on up at the front so i don't know he's a pro so um i'm excited that's good yeah the last his last four games played uh were all usl matches uh and he has two goals and two assists uh getting a point in every game uh so far um in the last four games um, so I, I think he's going to bring some promise to the team. He's going to be a playmaker, but also score some goals. It'll be interesting to see where he fits in with the lineup. Uh, cause who, who do you bench to bring in, uh, a guy like Douglas Martinez? I think, um, there were some comments on Twitter about, we have like 10 forwards, uh, and do you start yeah. them all? <laughs> do you start them all? I think all? that's Glenn. <laughs> yeah. He's just going to start 10 forwards. Um, I, I just think yeah. this gives you some a little bit more option. Um, I don't know. Maybe you you have Blakey and Adams in the midfield, uh, and then you have you know the Abara Herzog, 
Martinez and Guido. That might be a pretty fun lineup. But then again, where does Toomey fit in? But Toomey's been like a little bit dynamite coming off the bench for like an added spark. Uh, I know Alejandro Guido went out against Vegas and Toomey Moshabane came on and put on a clinic. So I, I think this just gives the team more depth uh, and brings in some really quality fresh legs uh, in the attack. Um, it'd be interesting to see if we get any more defenders because we seem to be like seem to be pulling a Liverpool here and like kind of starting 42 different center back combinations, which is never a good thing. Um, but welcome Douglas Martinez. Um, I'm excited to see how he fits in, especially you also have uh, Augustine Williams as well, like yeah. embarrassment of riches at the front. Um, so I don't envy uh, Coach Donovan or Coach Miller about how you set all these guys up and get these guys minutes. But again, I think it gives us some rotation to bring on some fresh legs um, at the end. Uh, any ideal starting 11 up or starting, uh, I guess, outside of the back four where those other positions are the last six positions? Like right now, it could be we can have 14 different combinations and still be happy. I mean, just I think for me, like I couldn't necessarily tell you what I think the starting would be, but just making sure that the the 18 is like super competitive, you know what I mean? Like leading up to the, the facts, I mean, you know. Does, um, I mean, the last couple matches we've seen that the young guys get, get a chance, I think probably just because of their playing time and training and um, the injuries. So I'd like to see the academy guys um, get more playing time, not just, okay, like, thanks for your help on these two matches and now go back to doing your thing in the academy because um, I think they've earned their, their spot, at least Ian Ian has, and, and we'll talk more about CJ and his first professional goal, but I don't – I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Like there's, you said, what, 14 different combinations. Did we do the math on that? We're not good at that. Right. So um, we should probably do the math on that, (laughs) but we'll see. Uh, I guess it remains to be seen with this Friday match coming up. Yeah. Cause our, I mean, our, our bench against orange County. uh, Or Saturday. Sorry. Yeah. Our bench against orange County is Ian. Uh, Morgan, Hackworth, Alejandro Guido, Augustine Williams, Chase Boone, and, and CJ. So, I mean, you're basically replacing one of those guys with Douglas Martinez. Uh, and then you're, you know, you're getting some rotation. So, guy, you're going to, I think what it might end up being is just kind of situational. Like, hey, this matchup, we need speed. Um, so, we're going to put this guy on. Or we need a big target guy. So, we're going to put this guy on. Or, you know, we need a couple small, quick guys. So we're going to put these guys on. I think this gives the uh, a little bit more creative op- options, and also uh, give them some options to create some mis- mismatches, depending on uh, the opponent. Because right now we've been kind of running the same system most of the time, and so I'm not sure. Maybe it's a little bit more predictable, um, but I-, I think they're just looking for more offensive options and guys who are a little bit more. Uh, consistent in putting the ball in the back of the net because uh, we've been lacking a little bit of that uh, so far from kind of our, our goal scorers. Um, 
Yeah. Because when, when's the last time Herzog scored? He almost scored against uh, Los Dos, but that was the offside. He scored against Los Dos. He scored that chip. So it's been, yeah. you know, the almost the entire month of August, and he hasn't quite put, he's put one in. So I think he needs some somebody to play off of, uh, and maybe Augustine Williams is that guy once he gets him in. Uh, you have a guy who can play a striker, but also can play off the wing with um, Douglas Martinez. So I think just having some options going forward is going to be uh, great. I think it'll be, give them some attacking uh, fluidity, if you will. All right, we have. Let's get to some of the games because we got a lot to talk about. Uh, the house always wins, uh, and that continues against mm-hmm. Vegas. Uh, San Diego's yet to lose to Las Vegas Lights uh, in the history of their team. Uh, San Diego five, uh, Las Vegas one. It was one one after half, and then all of a sudden. Uh, San Diego uh, blew up and run rap, uh, ran over Las Vegas. Uh, Marissa, initial thoughts on this outcome? Well, um, I actually saw, I think I saw the first half <laughs> or saw the updates of the first half. Um, it was almost, I don't know what time. It was, it was like 11 o'clock or something. So I didn't see the end of the match. I woke up. And I was like, whoa, okay, this is what we want, more goals. Um, that was my initial thought. Like, wow, what what changed? Um, was it just because of it was Las Vegas or uh, whatever? But um, I really liked, uh, you know, obviously the, the young kids, like I said before, Ian Mai. I don't know if it's... Um, the confidence that the guys are having just playing together more often in training, or it's just the lack of defending or goal keeping uh, from Vegas that really put that. uh... But I think once it was like three, one, I was just like, okay, look, they're like fluid and there's no, like, I just didn't see very many, many mistakes. Um, And I don't know if that's loyal doing better or like Vegas just kind of giving up at three, one. Right. Um, but uh, I think my main I think that was nice to have it at one, like you said, or at home. Sorry. at home. The house always wins. Um, good opportunity for the fans to get some um, excitement back at home and see some actual goal scoring down uh, in front of the locals. Um, so that was really nice. Um, but as far as tactics, uh, I didn't really see too many mistakes. Uh, from like some glaring mistakes uh, so that's always good um anything else nothing really else that I can pinpoint um that stood out to me to me I think really surprised me um I think it was last year where I was just kind of hesitant on his quality but I, I knew and trusted uh coach Nate and coach Landon that they would you know, they brought him in for a reason. Um, so it was nice to see that he got two goals uh, for that match. Um, and, of course, CJ. What an awesome thing to happen. You know, score your first professional goal and <laughs> get a yellow card. And, you know, it's pretty pretty cool for, for a young kid. You know what, he's 17. So um, it's definitely someone to watch to see. Oh, thanks. Hi, Glenn. Um, I can make a purple room too. 
getting distracted. Um, yeah, I mean, those are my my thoughts. Great, good job by by all the the team. And I was watching the post show with Corey, and I think that you know he just seemed to be really proud of the guys. And I think that's what they've been saying this whole time. It's all about the team. If the team can do well, then they're happy. So uh, all around really good job by loyal. And um, I definitely needed, we needed that after three losses at home and all of us doubting how, how they would play, um, you know, if they would turn it around right away. So. Chris, what were your uh, overall observations for that Vegas match? Goals, goals, and more goals. I mean, 5-1 was great. Like, of course, you know, I did initially <clears throat> see the first half, and it was like 1-1. It was like, okay, like, you know, you know we were, like, really kind of hitting on these predictions. And, um, you know, then things just opened up, you know, of course, right? So, 5-1, that's great. I think it's a convincing win um, against Las Vegas Lights. And I don't even want to say, oh, come on, it's the Lights, because the Lights have definitely shown, like, some resilience um, in some matches that we thought should be, like, shoe-ins for wins. And, you know, mm -hmm. so 5-1, definitely good on San Diego. They need to really run after that sort of scoring prowess, like, don't just score another goal and then just try to like, you know, um, defend that, if you will, just keep running after the ball, going for more and more. So I thought that is good uh, to the point that Marissa made about um, the the young player scoring his first professional goal. I think that's awesome um, as well, just because um, you want to see you want to see more of that from the younger generation versus just like sticking players in for the last 10, 15 minutes to stoke out the crowd. But really it was like, here, have some of these minutes that are, you know, non-intentional. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, and then really just, they needed that. You know, I mean, Rich was talking about the, the losses at home um they needed that they needed those three points uh more so because you know we're getting to the part in the season where you can't be giving up or you can't be like sharing points at your in your home stadium you know what i mean especially when you're mm -hmm. trying to secure a position in the postseason like like things are coming and going very quick you know, I mean, we're at the point where you're two matches in a week. You know, very little recovery. You need to secure the secure the bag, so to say. Yeah, I remember being slightly worried in the first half when you have a clearly better team, but you're still draw one one in the first half, and it was one of those like, all right, is this gonna be one of those games again? You score an early goal. And then you give up kind of a late goal and then you try to score the second half and nothing comes together. Uh, that's what I was a little bit worried about, right? You give up a goal in the 42nd minute and we're, mm -hmm. I was thinking, all right, here we go again. Um, it was uh, very much 
worrisome, especially like you're getting later in the match, you're in like the 70th minute when 71st minute when Jack Blake scores. Like mm-hmm. it was that whole first part of the second half too. I was just like, all right, we're going to be yelling and screaming and cheering and it's going to be a bunch of opportunities and then we're never going to break through. Um, and then we get that one. And I think that there was kind of this extra boost of confidence. And we've seen that we saw this uh, the opposite way against Orange County where, you know, you're just, you have a little bit of momentum and you just kind of ride it and you get the right bounce. Um, Corey Herzog, uh, the goalkeeper runs into Corey Herzog that opens that up, which was nice. Um, I And then Toomey makes a really nice individual play like a minute later. And all right, all right, we're on a roll here, three to one. I think we're feeling good. Uh, everyone's super happy. We can see this game out, three to one, awesome. Um, and then, you know, in the eighty-fourth minute, you have this just beautiful set piece uh, out of the corner. Uh, Toomey reads it really well uh, with with Herzog and Abara, sorry, and uh, Adams. Uh, that they were just able to put some really nice passes together and a really nice shot by Toomey. We've seen, you know, kind of three really amazing shots in the last two games from Toomey, uh, which is great. We've always seen hey, Toomey shoot, Toomey shoot, Toomey shoot, and he's really kind of finding that touch. Uh, and then that last goal, we talked to CJ after the game. He was like, it was like slow motion, like up to the point where he scored. Like everything kind of slowed down because he had tons of time and tons of space, and sometimes you can overthink that. And he just was really smart. Took a nice touch. I didn't try to do too much with it and just bent it around the keeper. And then he said it was like back to like regular time. I knew I was going to celebrate. And just to see a, a kid like that, there's a lot of youth players there at the game to see a, a, a young man score and his, you know, a, his first professional goal uh, kind of for his hometown team. I think that motivates a lot of these younger players to say like, that could be me and like, not like, Hey, I can be the next Michael Jordan, but like, really like that could be me. It could, that's a very attainable goal of like, if I work hard and I practice a bunch, you know, I can get, you know, can play with some of these club teams and then eventually sign and actually play professionally in my hometown. I think that was what was something, um, was something special, uh, not only for the club, uh, but also for, um, for CJ. And so it, it was super nice to see that happen. Um, it felt really good. Um, and I, I, it was a great way, middle of the week kind of bump. You don't want to lose those midweek games because it kind of ruins your, ruins your week. Hey, Andy made it. Hey, Andy's here. Um, it kind of ruins your week. But when you roll over a team like that on Wednesday, like it just makes you happy for the rest of the week. And it's like, you know, cheers me up, gave me some energy. Um, you know, EMI was, was, is great. Uh, he's definitely earned some minutes. Um, all Ollie was, as it was doing really well, he kind of moved around defense and midfield. Uh, I think this is just a really well put together match. Uh, they smell, uh, there's blood in the water and they just pounce. Um, we're going to talk about orange County in a second, but orange County, um, the game against orange County and the game against Las Vegas, uh, the t- most telling statistic is both games. San Diego has 19 shots. Uh, the difference is in Las Vegas, there were nine on target. Orange County, only four on target. So it's, and we're, we'll talk a little about, I don't think there's a huge difference between the Las Vegas game and the Orange County game. Um, I just think that 
were just inconsistent in finding that target. Uh, but crazy stats. Uh, nine shots on target, six corner kicks, six big chances. Like San Diego was creating tons and tons of chances. Uh, they looked great. Um, and for the second half, the first half, Landon Donovan was pretty critical. Uh, and fairly so, right? It was lots of uh, some transitional issues. Uh, they didn't always look smooth. Um, but, you know, when you win 5 1, you tend to overlook that first half and forget that it was it was a little bit of a little bit of a disappointing half um it didn't feel super great until the end but that's what happens when you win big um yeah any final thoughts on the las vegas match before we move along to orange county no nope. chris marissa yeah. all right let's get it yeah so oof, on to the next one Saturday, uh, Orange County comes into town after relieving their coach of their of his duties, I believe is what the uh, press release said. Uh, so they come to town with a new coach, a slightly new um, uh, tactical lineup. They revert to a 4-3-3, which uh, we haven't seen from them in a little bit. Uh, and San Diego scores one early or earlier in this uh in the game and San Diego or Orange County answers with two um, and Orange County walks out of San Diego with uh, three points. Um, Chris, what were your, uh, you were able to watch this, you know, without your, the emotional connection of a live match. Uh, what were your thoughts on this one? Um, well, I mean, San Diego was pretty weak on the right, right lane still. I mean, Everything looked nice in the first half, right? I mean, essentially. Um, but you, you, we talked a little bit about Chris Weehan and how we thought his departure would help or could help San Diego, right? And Weehan does like to fly up that or fly down that right channel, if you will, if, uh, San Diego's right channel, right? Their left channel, OC's left channel. And still you see Damas uh, there. You know, and he's just striking up the left side. And I mean, he found plenty of openings there, you know, and and to the fact like his goal, obviously, you know, goalkeeper was screened. He, he saw far post and went for it, you know. And then, of course, the second goal that was scored moments later by Olaski was just like, it was kind of the same position. It was like, you know, he was able to kind of essentially center it, put it right, you know, across the spot and then, you know, Olaski was able to just bury it in. And it's like there was something going on about that space, you know, within within the 11, six-yard box, you know, that allowed for San Diego to, um, you know, for them to kind of be a little weak there. So, oh, it was an own goal, I see you say. Um, okay. Uh, but still, like, the fact of the matter is that it was put, you know, <laughs> it was put – in that same area, you know what I'm saying? And so, mm -hmm. you know, I think that there was just a breakdown, you know, that, you know, you didn't really have anyone playing like uh, sweeper at that point. It was just a free for all. So, yeah, this one was, was tough because it wasn't that San Diego necessarily played poorly. Uh, I mean, and I don't want to be super critical of, of Chavez, um, 
in this is his first career start. Um, he's been, you know, putting in the minutes and being that guy um, off the team. But it was clear that that's kind of who they were targeting uh, on the pitch. And he's the guy who got beat for the Damas goal. Uh, he's the guy who got beat and then ended up recovering into the ball to knock it into the net. Uh, I think the, this game really boils down to San Diego put the ball into the six where they were supposed to. And um, Rakowski came up big a bunch of times. Orange County was playing really narrow. If you looked, there was tons of space on their, their outsides. They're like, go ahead and cross it in. Our big boys will take care of it. And San Diego still got the ball into those dangerous areas. It's just when they got to that dangerous area, uh, they just weren't as good as um, the as Orange County was, right? Orange County, when they got into those those places, were pretty deadly, right? San Diego had 19 shots, four on target. Uh, Orange County had eight shots, three on target. Uh, so. I don't like saying that San Diego was the better team and they deserve something out of this, right? I mean, the scoreline is the scoreline, but you talk to Landon Donovan and he's like, as a coach, there's not much more you can do. You want, you need the players to perform. And I think in this match, like I, this was the last, the least mad I was after San Diego dropping points, like ever. Like I felt all right because it was an entertaining match. I thought San Diego played pretty well. They just were, they had really great opportunities. They were just blasting them over the bar or they were heading them over the bar. Or it was just, it was one of those games again where just inconsistent, um, inconsistent performance in the six. They were getting where they were supposed to get. They just weren't finishing. And that's where guys like Augustine Williams and Douglas Martinez are hopefully that missing piece. Now, Augustine Williams played in this game. But it was kind of one of those, hey, you've been here for a week. Uh, kind of go out there with some vibes, right? There wasn't like necessarily a plan of attack. And you can tell that he was asking for the ball a lot and wasn't getting the ball in the situations he wanted. And I think that's something they can improve upon. Like, where does he like the ball? How does he like the ball? Like, a lot of those things need to be worked out. But, yeah, when you're blasting 19 shots and eight of them um, are – disappearing over the bar like there was a couple like Toomey had an amazing chance that just went over the bar um and, and you have to i have to tip you have to tip your cap to orange county it clearly was an important game for them and they showed up uh they fought really hard defensively uh 22 fouls uh to five for san diego uh, we talked about this last night that you know some of them felt there were like little tactical fouls for like san diego stopping and getting some contact and creating some fouls um but I think, you know, when you look at when your mantra is you ignore the results and look at the process, I think if you if you looked at this game and took away the, the, the scoreline, San Diego had a really successful game. Um, obviously, the scoreline matters. And I, I think for, you know, Charlie Adams after his, his postgame game press conference is you know he's we're poor in the six we need to do better in the six uh both our six yard box and their six yard box but in between those i think san diego was the far superior team i think san diego had a really nice game uh sometimes you have to it's you know it's soccer sometimes a a team that isn't playing well can beat you even though you play a almost perfect game 
And right now, San Diego, if they don't play perfect, they don't win. Um, same thing with that Tacoma defiance loss. So I, I think people can be upset, but I think objectively, if you're looking at this game, it's not like San Diego played poorly. It's a good yeah, point. It's a good point. I mean, Orange County is like, they're not a pushover. So it's not like, you know, like it was a horrible loss. It was just, you know. Orange County is also one of the best teams on the road right now. 11 games, 20 points. Like there are, there's almost like statistically, there is no, there might be like one other team that's up there with Orange County. But Orange County is a really good road team for some reason. Six wins out of 11 games, right? The next most is Phoenix with four wins. And after that, it's two or three. Um, so Orange County is overperforming on the road. And for some reason, they just show up on the road. They play well. Um, I mean, they they yeah. do their thing. Again, I mean, they looked, they looked good. Like, you know, you, you would think that Orange County was falling apart. You know, given like injuries and again we had leaving, but they looked fluid. Like it looked like they were still, they were still good on the left side. So I mean, you know, that that was probably my only concern. And I, I think with Orange County, you look at some of their lineups lately, uh, and they had been starting. This is something like, are they going to play the kids? Well, if you look at the, their lineup, they had been playing um, Kobe Henry a lot, and Kobe Henry has been kind of a weak spot for them. And so you were like, well, that's, you know, that's going to be the point of attack. But I mean, they went to Phoenix and held Phoenix to one goal. So it's not surprising that they came in and held us to a goal. Uh, they can be a good defensive team when they want to be. They just were extra motivated to that night because they just got their coach or the coach just got fired. Um, Marissa, any thoughts about this one? I know you didn't really get a chance to, to spend a lot of time on this one, but any thoughts about, San Diego, Orange County. It's, it sucks to lose to Orange County. Uh, it's a rival. Uh, we're tied with them, and like Glenn said, like um, I don't know if we weren't in the the locker room, but you know, Landon always has a very even keel post game vibe. Um, I hope that he was not like that in the locker room because the guys could not just think that this is okay. Um, you know, we're coming down to crunch time. I know we always say we got a lot of, we got a lot of matches we do, but uh, you just can't do this. Um, so sucks. I didn't get to see what really happened, but uh, you know, after coming off of five goals um, to, to this, uh, you know, it's a completely different match. So sucks, but yeah, we go another San day. <laughs> I mean, this does put San Diego in a, you know, a, a tough position, but with the tiebreaker against Orange County is still in play. This doesn't mean like right now everything's even. The first two tiebreakers are head-to-head -head points, which we're even on now, and head-to-head -head goal differential, which we're also even on now. Uh, so you still have a chance to go into Orange County and uh, get that tiebreaker, um, which you know Orange County has not been playing terribly well at home. Um, so that that is a possibility, but that's October, right? So that's a, a long way away from now. Uh, and you're probably playing uh, a different team. They're going to play a different team. The other thing this points out is, I mean, Ronaldo was essentially 
Orange County's Miguel Berry. Like he can just put that team on his back sometimes and just beat players individually. And, you know, San Diego doesn't have that guy per se right now. Uh, whereas Orange County does. Um, and Orange County has been using him effectively and you got beat by a really good player against your essentially like fifth string center back. Uh, and, those things happen. I mean, I get why people are mad, but in the grand scheme of things, I, I, I don't think this loss hurts as doesn't hurt me as bad as that Real Monarch loss or that Tacoma loss. I think those two are much bigger in the big picture. Um, Orange County is a quality team. They're a playoff team. Yes, you want to beat them, uh, but they're not necessarily a team that like on paper, you're like, you should beat this team like Real Monarchs. You should have beaten Real Monarchs. Orange County they're going to beat you sometimes. You're going to beat them sometimes. It's just one of those those games. So I felt felt like walking out of that stadium. I felt okay. I wasn't mad. Wasn't mad. I understand why people are mad, but this guy wasn't mad. Um. um yeah. We'll see. What all right. And thank you, and, Andy, for your OC interjections. Thank you. Yeah. Ed Volson was at the game on Saturday. Uh, I talked with him. He said he's about a week away. So Orange County is going to get a, a big guy. Uh, Seth Kasipley was there. I didn't get a chance to ask him what his timeline was. But yeah, Orange County, when we play them in October, we might see some of these names for the first time all season. Uh, but again, we're going to have some names that haven't been integrated in either. So it's going to like, this is the beauty of a long season. We're not used to this. There are ups and downs. There are ebbs and flows. Uh, this wasn't a sprint like the 16 game. This is, you know, there's still lots and lots of soccer to play. Um, and we got a lot against, you know, we're not playing Phoenix anymore. We got a lot against Sacramento. We got quite a few against Los Dos. You know, there's we have, I think, three against Oakland Roots. Um, so there's definitely some winnable games here that we're going to stack some points up. So there, I don't think there's a panic button anywhere close to being pressed yet. Um, but we got a really big one against sacramento uh this weekend um sacramento um, comes in yeah go ahead that's Marissa. my that's my cue i gotta i gotta head out of here i got another prior engagement so but i do want to say one thing before you get to previewing sacramento if that's yep. where you're going right now yep. i want to shout out ricardo i don't know if he listens to this maybe he listens later but like he's interim president right now and he's it's well deserved so Thank you for all you do for the soccer community. Um, it's definitely a, a well-earned position and role. So we'll see how that, that will come to fruition. If anything else happens, if he hopefully stays in San Diego for a while, I don't know. We'll see. So, Yeah. Congratulations to him. Um, I forgot to add that in. I forgot if we talked about that last time, but I think it came out in between. Um, yeah. So congratulations to him. Friday. He's, he's definitely the name that I thought would get that gig. Well deserved. Right. Uh, he's he's been out and about at every game, so well deserved uh, to him mm -hmm. for show. Um, Thank you guys. I gotta go. Bye. We'll see you later. Bye. Uh, so Sacramento comes into San Diego on a one, two, three, four, five, six, seven game unbeaten streak. Uh, three wins, four draws. 
some big draws were uh, going to Phoenix and holding Phoenix to zero goals uh, and out shooting them. Um, that's in Phoenix. Uh, but then again, they also went on the road to Oakland and did the same thing, nil-nil. Um, Sacramento's been kind of up and down this year, but they are a quality team. Uh, we have yet to beat Sacramento. They have yet to beat us. Uh, two previous matches were both draws, both this season, I believe, last season. Um, Chris, what are we expecting from Sacramento this weekend? I mean, you, you just... You have to figure out which one you're getting, right? But I mean, you know, that's the one thing. I mean, we know that they just picked up Tainter from Santa, uh, from SAFC um, on the defensive side, so that's that's a good pickup for them. They let go of a player to right. Uh, is that that right? They they let go of Quayo. I believe so. Um, I think what we're really just expecting from Sacramento is essentially a team that is had a late start, but they're finding some some chemistry together. Um, yeah. Yeah, thanks, Harry. Appreciate you on that one. Um, that that they're essentially just on a little bit of a flow right now. I mean, you know, I mean, I couldn't say, like, I mean, the games that you reference, the teams that they played against, it's like, I mean, any team can get it on any given day, right? So, um, you know, I guess what's more importantly to, to think about is is um, what San Diego team do we have right now? Like, do we have the 5-1 um, lights version of the San Diego team? Or do we have, you know, a team that is like they found some progress and then, you know, it's not necessarily like, a consistency yet. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Sacramento has been one of the best performing uh, teams in the USL. Um, they've been consistently good. Uh, that's why it was not really a surprise that they were considered for an MLS bid is they have the support. They've been consistently uh, positive in the USL. They're definitely kind of on a down year right now. But, you know, this is one of those things where you have to be careful is you can't be like, well, you know, they're in fifth place. They lost a lot of matches, you know, outside of a 90th minute header. We would have beaten them, uh, you know, earlier in July. But they're when they play the best that they can play, they're a tough side to break down right now. Uh, they're good defensively. Um they the only game that they've let in more than one goal was an Orange County match, um, and then before that um, was another Orange County match. Uh, but they're consistently only letting in you know one or zero goals. And again, blanking Phoenix uh, out shooting Phoenix uh, in Phoenix uh, nine to two on target, fifteen to eleven total, uh, just says kind of what they were able to do. They were able to sit back a little bit, absorb some pressure, pressure the, the the Phoenix attack into giving up possession, and then kind of striking on some counters. Uh, they're a quality side. Uh, Cameron Owasa is, you know, a, a a guy who the people in the league know. Uh, they have Duke Lacroix, who's been uh, 
around a bunch. Uh, Luis Fernandez is their highest rated player uh, so far in, in the midfield. Um, they have talent. And so you can't overlook this side just because of where they are in the standings. Uh, Sacramento, again, was one of those teams that people thought were going to be a playoff team for sure. Um, when you look at the Pacific Division, you were like, oh, it's Phoenix, Orange County, Sacramento, you know, and then mm-hmm. San Diego and, to, and Los Dos are probably fighting for a playoff position. Like beginning of the season, people picked Sacramento as a playoff team. Uh, so they were underperforming early, but they're coming on late. So this is going to be an important test for San Diego to say, you know, to, to keep that space between them and fifth place as wide as possible. Because uh, that's going to be, I think, the hugest issue going into playoffs is, you know, probably not catching Phoenix. Orange County and Tacoma are kind of still in the mix, although Tacoma is crazy good lately. But what you need this game for is to create that space between fourth and fifth place. Um, yeah, they're only five back, but they have two games in hand. So if you can, it's basically a six-point game this one is. Um, and they're going to have their hands full with a, a good defensive team uh, that can also uh, score some goals. Um, and this should be a pretty entertaining match. Maybe not the blowout like a Las Vegas, but I think it should be a pretty entertaining match where San Diego should be able uh, to play the game that they want to play because I think Sacramento is going to be willing to, um, to to sit back and absorb some pressure from time to time. Uh, we had 61% possession last time we played them. Um, so I'm looking forward to this one. This will be a tough road, uh, road game. Uh, we have not necessarily done great on the road, so this is maybe a time where we can pick that up uh, and start making some progress. Uh, but you know, road eight points in nine games, this would be a good time to put a staple down and say, hey, we can take some guys on the road. Who do you think uh, dominates possession in this match? Oof. Um, I, I'd like to think that San Diego is going to be able to hold on to the, more of the possession. Um based on the way Sacramento's been playing. But then again, this is Sacramento at home versus Sacramento on the road, which we might see a little bit different setup. But if you're looking at kind of historically with Sacramento, um, they barely had the possession not over Las Vegas when they beat them. Uh, The home game before that was against Baby Bulls, and they only had 34% possession. So I'm not sure that they're going to be a huge dominating side. Um, I think San Diego will still be able to have um, the majority of possession, which plays into our strengths. What is your thoughts? Um, I mean, they just need to kind of like secure the secure the right wing a little bit. I'd just be a little concerned about that. It's definitely a team strong point to be charging up the left-hand side. I'm sure San, San, Sacramento watched that match with OC. I'm sure, you know, they realized that that's maybe maybe a weak side. So, I mean, definitely think that they need to batten down the match. And then, uh, I mean, I think they need to do what works for them. I mean, Toomey, obviously get them in some dangerous spots. Like, you know, um, if things run narrow, then maybe they need to figure out a way to 
get the get the form wide you know what i mean and give him kind of some entry points i mean he's been instrumental like i mean he's been instrumental central but i just wonder if they're going to need to kind of you know kind of kind of pull the shape the defensive shape out a little bit to kind of make room for that i'm just wondering if they're going to be trying to double him anytime he gets like outside the 18 you know yeah, it'll be interesting too to see who's healthy for those center back pairings. Um, I think that was kind of the the I don't want to say the weak spot, but that was definitely the 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 part that was not as cohesive. And that's going to happen when you expect Stoney to be there, and you got a couple days to get uh, Chavez in and and acclimated as a starter. Um, not that he wasn't ready or prepared, uh, but I think you know mo- the team was just betting on Stoney being there, and then he goes down. And then all of a sudden, now you're filling in spots again um, with with some patchwork and some duct tape, and we've seen how that's negatively affected them over the course of the season. Um, Harry says uh, San Antonio has seven center backs on the roster, uh, so maybe there is uh, some some movement in the future. Uh, but I, sometimes the league takes a while to confirm some stuff. So I know like Martinez go, and they just had to wait for league approval, but and maybe guys are healthier and they're ready to come back. Um, Montgomery was walking around a little bit. I'm not sure how far away he is, but he's been out for a minute, I think with like a cracked rib. Uh, so who knows what health looks like? Hopefully they're healthy. Um, and, you know, I think if we can solidify that center back pairing, you know, Ollie and Elijah on the wings are great. Uh, and then we'll see what happens with that midfield. Uh, Adam's playing a little bit further back at times, almost like a back three was interesting. So there's been some wrinkles that San Diego's put out there over the past couple of weeks that I find a little bit fascinating to see if they're just against OC or if it's a longer trend. Um, Chris, you got a score prediction on this one? Um, I'm inclined to say 2-1. I mean, that's one of the most uh, popular soccer score lines. Yeah, 2-1, but it's going to be a, a late a late winner. Yeah, I, I'd have to think that with if we have Augustine Williams and Douglas Martinez and Toomey playing the way that Toomey's been playing and Blake the way that Blake been, Blake's been playing and a... Um, I think that we can find a couple goals. I don't think that's necessarily out of the question. Um, it's just what does our defense do? Can the defense uh, solidify and not let in um, a goal? That would be great. Um, away, I think, was our goal differential, 11-16. So um, I'm going to put this out here. This is my vision board, sending positive thoughts. So if we underperform, we're still all right. I'm going to go with a 3-1 victory. I think we can reclaim some of that Las Vegas magic uh, against Sacramento. Uh, but I wouldn't, I also wouldn't be surprised by like a one nil game either. Uh, Chris, any last thoughts before we wrap this up? Mm. Final thoughts. Well, well, well. Um, come back, uh, come back to me. Like I, I don't have any, any... <laughs> Anything that's, that's popping that's off fair. the mind right now. Oh well, I guess the one thing that I mean, you know, as far as as far as San Diego is concerned, I mean, like, you know, there's still plenty of time. 
you know, as far as that's concerned, I mean, you know, it's it's good that it's good that some acquisitions were made. You know, I think the last time we talked, we 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 were tampering with or thought that maybe Landon would be trying to make some some acquisitions soon. You know, just something to spark the attack. You know, um, I think the ponder is you guess what the window, the transfer window is open. It's not, it's, we thought it was closed, but it's open. Yeah. They still have, yeah, they still have till, um, I think end of September to solidify rosters. Um, who who was the man of the match? SD MLS all-star game in 1999, 22,000. The Q man of the match was, it was it Landon Donovan. Is that what the, what the answer is going to be? Um, while we wait for that answer from our lovely uh, chat window, uh, there are still 12 games left, right? Yeah. Oh, Precky. That's the answer. Precky. Um, we still have 12 games left, which compared to last season was like it is three quarters of last season left. So that puts in a little bit of perspective that there's still plenty of soccer to play. Uh, we have... I think we have a little bit of an easier schedule than some of our uh, other um, playoff-bound teams, right? We get Oakland three times. We have Los Dos, I think, twice more, and we've been pretty good against them. Uh, we have, you know, Las Vegas again one more time, and I, I think we play against them really well. So I think there's some nice moments here. I think that New Mexico match is going to be a good one. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of positive things to worry about. Um, still a question for someone else. What does it feel like as a current starter and your manager brings in a loan for your position? And that's not a knocker. Uh, SD or LD, it's any team. Uh, I, I think for me, it would motivate me to be like, no, this is my spot. You can bring in whoever you want. I own this spot. Um, I think competition is healthy. Uh, and I think, you know, with this run into the playoffs, and what we've seen with the center back position is San Diego, while they have a lot of forwards, uh, you know, if you knock on wood, if a guy like Jack Blake goes down or a guy like, you know, Guido isn't able to finish the season, uh, you're, you're, you have a big kind of big holes to fill for those goal scoring and creative options. So I think it's just, just kind of solidifies the offense. I think there's plenty of games to get guys uh, minutes in, uh, especially at the end of the season, you have a, Saturday, Wednesday, Saturday against San, uh, New Mexico, Orange County, and Oakland. You're definitely going to get tons of rotation there. Uh, you have uh, the 19th, 22nd, 25th of September with Tacoma, Oakland, and Las Vegas. Guys are going to get tons of minutes there too. Uh, so I, I think it's just uh, I, I think it's a depth issue, and and you know we've seen this with Orange County suffer through some injuries, San Diego suffering through th- some injuries. And you just need to have those rotations uh, ready to go so you can uh, continue to play the soccer you want to play. Um, yeah, so I think that's a good place to stop. Uh, Chris, where can we find you on the internets? Uh, you can find me at by Chris Walker on Twitter and Instagram. Where can we find you, Alan? You can find me at A Underwood 48 on the Twitter machines. Uh, you can find uh, Marissa at hashtag uh, Marissa spelled out hashtag. Uh, please follow us on Twitter at fair underscore pod. If you're watching us on YouTube, don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you can notify notif- notif- notification when we go live on our YouTube page. Uh, 
thank you guys for stopping by in the comment section. It's always great to see those comments and see those questions always coming great. in. And um, maybe we'll see you, uh, some of you guys at a watch party. And if not, uh, we got a home game next Sunday. So uh, we'll see you guys out there. This and every episode is brought to you by the Beautiful Game Network. You can find other podcasts on bgn.fm. The Fairweather Podcast is also sponsored by Roughneck Scarves, the official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Tired of the same old uniforms and cookie cutter templates from Nike and Adidas? Looking for a unique, completely custom kit for your youth club, Sunday league squad, adult, or even pro team? Icarus FC can help you create the kit of your dreams at an affordable price. Let them help you design your new custom kit today at IcarusFC.com.